This is Plot Profits. Pa, 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 Plot Profits. Hell yeah, Chad. I was yes. feeling it today. Yes. I was. Thank God. You finally so came around. I just wanted to go all out because, you know what? Who knows how this episode's going to go? This very well may be my last week in the position of pl- False Prophet. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, it was an interesting so, week as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, hello, listeners. I am the great prophet, Curtis Hammonds. And I'm the false prophet, Chad Oliver. False. That's Currently, right. Currently. Because I got Star Trek wrong, okay? Sue me for being more of a Star Wars kid, all right? I mean, I'm also more of a Star Wars kid and... Um, uh, okay. So... Well, sue me for being true to who I am. What? That's yeah. Just, let's just move along now. Okay. All right. So since you were wrong about Star Trek, you had to prepare a punishment for this right. week. So in the theme of the DC Entertainment Universe, is that what they're calling it? I think it's DC Extended Universe. Extended Universe. Okay, there we go. I don't, um, know, I don't know what's so extended about it. No, it's just cinematic. It's just universe. They just didn't want it to be the DCCU. Is what D- it is. CCU? Yeah. ICCU. So in in the nature of that, you had me write some fanfic. That's right. And what what was the what was the subject of this uh um, fanfic? Batman and Flash meeting. Mm-hmm. And um the one criteria you gave me was that Batman has a crush on Flash. Yes. So here it goes. I wrote a one page. You told me it had to be one page. No more, no less. Well, I said you could do half page, but you oh, well. you just went, whatever, man. Let, let's hear it. Well, let's it's double it. spaced. Oh, so it's, so basically, it's basically half, half a page. page. All right. Show me what you got. Flash peeks around the corner, unsure what to expect. Batman is pacing back and forth, anxiously awaiting his arrival. Flash says, knock, knock, causing Batman to twirl towards his direction. He almost slips on the floor. He hopes Flash didn't notice. Sorry, I I didn't mean to scare you. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Batman coughs as his throat seems to be closing. Please, sit. I got here as soon as I got your message, Flash says. As he pulls a seat from beneath Batman's desk, he sits down. Batman smiles. Not soon enough. (laughs) The Flash shuffles in his seat. What's this about, Mr. Wayne? I heard you're fast. I could use somebody like you in many ways. Batman hands Flash a glass of freshly poured whiskey. The scent is powerful and good. Powerful and good. Yeah. I wrote this in a, I wrote this in a Flash. Ha. Ha! Don't say any more. Flash drinks the shot. I'm in. You are? Batman tries to hold back his excitement. I could use some friends, Flash says. Batman pours another shot of whiskey, drinks it, and smashes the glass on the ground. Just friends? Flash is taken aback at first. I I don't know what you mean. Batman takes another step towards him. I think you do know. Oh, no. I. Oh, no. You're making me uncomfortable, Mr. Wayne. Shh. Batman tenderly places (laughs) his finger on Flash's lips. Call me Bruce. He softly caresses his lips on Flash's neck before oh pulling God. away and locking oh eyes with God. him, foreheads touching. <laughs> Bruce, I... You have the gift of super speed. If you wanted to go, you could have left a long time ago. <laughs> Flash meets Batman's eye line. 
They stay in this moment for a few seconds that feel like hours before Flash jolts forward and locks lips with Batman. The two make out with passion. Oh, Flash takes off his... Oh, and no. then I ran out of room on the page, so it leaks over onto the second page, and that's all I could write. That's all I had room for. That was fantastic. So, yeah, that's my homoerotic <laughs> oh fanfic of Flash and Batman. <laughs> and that's just out on the internet for ever now, I guess. So that's... Make sure you put your name all over that. Um, Everyone this, needs to know. For those listening, this was Curtis Hammonds, the false prophet, who has just read his. Nope, nope. This was um, this was Chad this Oliver, was Chad Oliver, feature screenwriter. Right, <laughs> powerful and good screenwriter. Powerful and good. <laughs> I literally wrote that thirty seconds before we started recording and didn't have time to proofread. Yep, I took a picture. Yep. Yep. Because I forgot to do my punishment until now. How so. dare you? That's yeah. Cool. I could write like a Fifty Shades of Grey type book, I think. Except based in the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah, I think. See, here's what I've always wanted. I've wanted these movie universes to include genres that aren't superhero movies. So, like a rom com set in the MCU, where it's just about like a guy and a girl falling in love, um, or a guy and a guy falling in love. In the case of my most recent endeavor, um, just in like New York City, and then like they're separated, uh across the city from like there's a superhero battle going on in the middle of the city and but they're like and one of them wants to get to the other to to make sure they're okay that they're safe and that's like the climax of the movie for them is a random superhero because everyone in new york has their own story Uh and so everyone in the mcu has their own story right i want a rom-com set in the mcu we're like could work you know that could work the battle for new york happens in the middle of the rom-com you need to write this I've also I've I've got a few ideas like that. Die Hard Six is uh, is also a rom com. It's not. (laughs) It's it's about John McClane reconnecting with his wife. There's been five Die Hard movies. Oh yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, you should see the first one. It's really good. First one's. I heard I heard the first one's the best Christmas movie. Oh yeah, ever. It's it's the best action movie. (laughs) And Christmas Christmas action movie. But we're not talking about Die Hard. No, we are not. We're talking about Suicide Squad. Right. We're talking about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Um. So so yeah, the dark and twisted fun romp, as it's known. Yep. Um. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about the the reviews first, or do we want to talk about our reviews first? Let's talk about what the critics think. Okay. So it got a right now is sitting at a seven out of ten on IMDb, which is actually pretty average that's surprisingly well, high that's compared to like where it is i mean the audience score on rotten tomato uh, i'll just go ahead and say it's a 71 percent. yeah but then the critic score is 26 is the well, imdb rating the like I'm, imdb is um is like a popular vote okay like it's it'd be it'd be like the the audience score on rotten tomatoes i guess okay so it's seven seventy one. it's basically right. the same ish thing and then it got a 40 on metacritic gotcha yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, Rotten Tomato score for Suicide Squad critics is a twenty six percent. Now, the average rating among those critics is four point seven out of ten. So, like, what that means what? is like twenty six percent of the critics gave it a negative review. That is like under five or six. I don't remember which one. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. So that's where we get the tomato meter. So, but like, uh. Yeah, twenty six percent of people gave it a positive rating, like over a five or a six, and then, hmm. um, 
the rest of the world. Seventy four percent of the critics gave it a negative rating, averaging at seven at four point seven. So I thought it'd be fun to compare this tomato score. Now I'm just going to be reading the critics score for these movies. Okay. Um to the other DC extended universe movies and um and beyond, just some other superhero movies. All right. So, so what's first? Batman vs. Superman was notorious for being one of the worst superhero movies in a long time. Uh, 27%. Higher than Suicide Squad. One point higher. One wow. point higher. Suicide Squad is worse, according uh, to critics. According to critics, um, in like a really weird, convoluted way of like rating things. Um, Man of Steel, also not really like smiled upon, has a 55% being DC Extended Universe's highest rated critical score on Rotten Tomato. At 55. At 55. Isn't that Marvel's lowest? Well, I'm, I'm about to get into that. Um, we discussed a little bit before the podcast. Uh, you told me your least favorite uh, Marvel movie in the MCU is The Incredible Hulk. Right. Just yeah. because it's like not very memorable. Yeah. yeah. I know I watched it. Don't remember it. 67%. So that's a positive rating. Wow. Like Rotten Tomato considers that positive. Huh. Uh, my least favorite in the MCU is Iron Man 2, which is sitting at a 72% and certified fresh. Fresh. Tomatoes. And then I just started thinking about, okay, what are like notoriously bad superhero movies in like the last 10 or 15 years? And I came up with these three. First one is Spider-Man 3. Ew. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3. 63% on the tomato score. Really? Yeah. 63 people, 63% of the critics gave it a positive rating. The average rating was at 62 out of 10. So like that gives you a good estimate of that. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is my least favorite Spider-Man movie. I've never I haven't seen The Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And now you don't need to cuz nope. Marvel has it again. No, there's no but point. It's got a 52%, which, you know, is better than Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman. Worse than Man of Steel. Worse though. than Man of Steel. Yeah, so slightly. So your best movie is better than my, the my least favorite movie about my favorite superhero by a small margin according to the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter. Now, I don't know if that's true. We'll talk about it, whatever. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine, 38%. Okay, so that's, that's just not true. Suicide Squad is better than Origins Wolverine. I would disagree with I you. Mean, I think they're about. I think they're probably about the same. Really? But I don't think that Suicide Squad deserves that low of a rating. I think they probably have X-Men Origins Wolverine about right on here, but I do not think Suicide Squad should be at a 26%. And I don't think it should be lower than Batman vs. Superman. No, I don't think so either. Um, so we had fun with our little uh, game. I hope the listeners had fun. Um, just listening to numbers. but Numbers after numbers. Got any math nerds here? Numbers no? with some meaning, okay. though. Yeah. You know. Um, All right, so, so, yeah, if you had to rate Suicide Squad on a scale 1 to 10, I know we did our like preliminary... Like before we went into the movies, we both expected it to be about a six or seven out of ten. Where would you yeah. put it now? I'd put it at a six. A six for me, yeah. It I, was. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely, like you said, it was not an objectively good movie. You talked about that, right? Objectively good, objectively bad movies. It was pretty objectively bad from just right. a pure filmmaking standpoint. But I still enjoyed it. I got mm-hmm. some enjoyment out of it, so I would give it a, like a six. Yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable. I was never bored throughout. Um, and really until the end of the movie, 
I was never like think I was never like actively thinking like uh okay this is pretty bad. Like the the first half well, of the movie is okay and then the, towards the middle of the movie you're like and then at the end of the movie I'm just thinking like okay this is The first the first really like bad. like 20 minutes or so I was thinking wow this is actually really terrible. Really? But then it picked up for me. Okay. Cuz like the first 20 minutes were like they tried to cram so much like backstory and yeah. setup and it was we'll, so We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get more into that later. But yeah, no, I I agree that there was like way too much setup going on early on. Um once it got through that, I guess that's when it when I started to yeah, enjoy once, it. Once, once it got had, through that, like yeah, setup well, once, once they actually got to like the main meat of the meat of the movie, it actually got right better, and then bad still again. still not great though. Then, yeah, then it got pretty bad in the end. Um, visual effects on par with the latest Ghostbusters movie. I haven't seen I'd that. Say. Mm. I don't know if that's a compliment. Did you or... see Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed? No. no. <laughs> okay, well it's about the same. Um, See, I thought the visual effects were pretty good. Even in are the you finale? Try, are, are you trying to say they're bad? In the finale? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll t- <laughs> Okay. So in the spoilery section, it sounds like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was... There were elements I liked about it. A handful of characters were done well, but most of the characters were not. No. I'd say. Um, Killer Croc... Jeez, what just like it was just a walking racist stereotype. Yeah. The, I don't like, think this is enough of a spoiler to save. Basically in the end, they're given like one demand. Uh yeah, because spoil okay, spoiler alert, it's a superhero movie, they end up saving the world. Whoa, okay. So they save dude, the world. Not cool, man. <laughs> and after that they're given a reward of just like one demand. His one demand was to get B E T playing in his jail cell, which when that juxtaposed, or not juxtaposed, but in in combination with every single line of dialogue being just a horrible, like, stereotype. You could understand him? Because I well, barely there, could. There was that, too. There was the, the element of, like, I don't know what he was trying to sound like. Yeah, I don't, like, it sounded like it was clearly like a, like a big black guy. Right. But it was, like, so garbled and something. I don't even know. That I could it's barely not, understand them. It's not an accent that exists. No. And as far as I know, crocodiles don't make a noise, so he wasn't like trying to sound <laughs> like a crocodile. No. They they can they can make like this roaring hissing noise sometimes when they get really agitated. Yeah, but he just sounded like he had marbles yeah. just like falling out of his mouth with every word he said. <laughs> like he just had <laughs> stuffed his mouth with marbles. That's the best description, I it's think. It's a good description, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe his mouth was so filled up with crocodile teeth that he couldn't speak properly. There we go. That's a possibility in all seriousness. That, yeah, that is actually a very... That's that really is. Very well could be why... Because, like, a crocodile has a long mouth to fit all those teeth. If yeah, you fit so all those teeth into, like, a that? humanoid head... That, yeah, that would really mess up your speech. Challenging, yeah. Yeah. So, maybe that's it. Um. So... How would you rate it? Like a number. Right. I was going into it, I was thinking a six or seven. After seeing it, on my personal scale, I give it like a five to six. Um, okay. So slightly worse than you were expecting. Right. Right. 
like slightly worse than I was expecting if I had not seen the critical response. <laughs> I was expecting a two out of ten because of what the critical wow. response was. But like I was trying to let that not be a factor going into it. And it exceeded that expectation. It is not a movie that deserves a rating lower than X-Men Origins Wolverine. I think it deserves the same rating. Because X-Men Origins is a, it's a fun movie with issues. Uh-huh. And the visual effects are just as bad. You know, but like... It's just a fun movie with issues, just like this is a fun movie with prob- probably a few more issues, but mm. I don't know. Okay, so you think we've talked about it as much as we can without uh, without spoiling it? I'm ready to start talking about it. All right. Yeah, let's talk about So if you have not seen the movie yet, go ahead and shut off the podcast because um, we're about to start talking about some plot details that you might not want to hear. This is the spoilery section. Spoiler section. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing that cool voice thing again. Just not doing spoiler it. section. Spoilers. Yep, that's spoilers. the new theme song. Spoilers. All right. So, opening image was not nearly as interesting as either of us wanted it to be. No. Um, it was just what? a shot of some people at some prison, and it was that was it. Very yeah, very hastily done. Yeah. It was like and like very forgettable. Yeah, it, I've, I've, I legitimately forgot what the first scene was until you yep. said it just now. It was just like, uh, I believe it was just Deadshot and Harley in the prison, and that was like it. And then we cut to and then we get like, Viola Davis. We get like almost the same scene later in the movie, too, with them all in prison. Yeah, at like, the like, end. Like at the beginning, it looks like, okay, we want to establish these characters as in prison. And then later, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's reestablish these characters right. in prison. Just It just felt redundant. So... Now we get into one of the bigger issues of the movie, the setup. Yeah. So Amanda Waller is talking to those just government people that we don't know who they are. They're just like wearing, you know, military garb. Nameless old white government guys. Yeah. And, okay, I don't know about you, but all the eating and the food noises was like so irritating to me. (laughs) Just like watching people eat and cut up steak and like talk with food in their mouths was very irritating to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't find it that irritating. Okay. But I could I could see By the that. end of that sequence I wanted to kill myself and then I finally understood why it was suicide titled Suicide Squad. Squad. Um because Amanda Waller and the government boys eating will make you want to kill yourself. Very bad first impression. Right. So, it's just exposition central. Yep. Exposition everywhere, boring exposition. Yeah, for the most part. You had strong opinions about this. You said like it was off to a terrible start for you. What? Yes. Yeah. Well, so my main criticism of this movie is that it's a great movie buried under a mountain of horrible editing. But that is my main problem with this mm-hmm. movie. It's just so slapped together. It feels like I actually heard they had like multiple editing companies do yep. several cuts of this movie, and the one they ended up going with. Was from a was from a company that specializes in cutting trailers. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so that's to, why the whole first part of the movie felt like the trailer is like it's yeah. just like, hey, here's this character, here's this character. Because it's like, yeah. if I remember correctly, so you start in the prison with like Harley and Deadshot, and then you go to the the Waller talking to the government guys, mm-hmm. and then you get this really quick boom, Suicide Squad title that lasts like five seconds. Yeah, it was it was a little longer. Like that's it's such a horrible opening. I wasn't gripped at all. No, like, and starting with that bat chase, 
would be much more of like a like what both of us wanted in our outline. That would be much more of like a gripping. All right, I'm in. This is cool. Yeah. This is like perspective of the bad guy. Like we just saw Batman, and like we're usually going to be following him, but this is going to be from the bad guys. And yeah. Like if we went from from Batman carrying Harley into the Batmobile, mm-hmm. them doing the the mouth to mouth thing, and then right, and, and then immediately go from that to boom, Suicide Squad. That's a good opening. Yeah, that would have been a good opening. Yeah, because no, I agree. It start it starts out really fun. It gets you interested in what's happening, uh-huh. and then just boom, this is what you're watching. And I do think there was probably a lot edited out of that Batman sequence. So the Batman sequence takes place in the setup when Amanda Waller is just describing all of the. The villain slash heroes, yeah, if you will, um, everyone, every member of the Suicide Squad, except for Slipknot. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they just skip him. Um, but she's just describing all of them to these guys, and then we uh, will cut back to like how they got caught, or is just something from their past. And so for Harley Quinn, we cut back to the Batman chase, and uh, and yeah, and that Batman chase. Like I, th- I feel like a lot was cut out of that scene because like we get like a second shot of the Batmobile uh-huh. and then already the Batmobile's gone and Batman's just on top of their car and there's no explanation of how he got up there. We don't see that actually happen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a jumbled just, mess. Boom. And like cutting from the nightclub where Harley and Joker were to the car chase, which seemed very such hasty a and quick weird too. Weird scene. Yeah, in the nightclub with the the gangster guy. Yeah. So gangs. Yeah. The lap dance scene that I think like, that was happen. I think that was common. I heard that was common. Yeah, that was common. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's in Hell on Wheels. So oh, I haven't I, seen uh, that. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. I've heard. Um, so that oh, was that a little was weird. Bizarre. It was a little weird. Um, that yeah, that, she, that scene felt very rushed and poorly edited as well. Like this I whole this whole setup sequence, like did. specifically one part where like harley quinn is like standing up and is like moving over to sit down and then it immediately cuts to her just sitting down yeah like it's, that that it's very quick continuity and very, just yeah. is nowhere mm-hmm. which it's like just, if you're editing a trailer that's fine yeah <laughs> it felt very um, unprofessional so here's something i wanted to talk about um i think in a lot of ways dc wanted this to be their uh their guardians of the galaxy yeah and like i want you to think back like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is similar. Like, it's a bunch of outlaws who save the galaxy uh, from Ronan, the, um, not the Destroyer, Ronan the something. I don't know what he was, but he had some. I think it was title. the Destroyer. I'll That's, think that, of it that later. That sounds right. Cody's going to text me what it actually is. Uh, oh, no, when it's, he it had a episode. much more, like, epic sound to it. It was It was the... Uh, like, what a, the accuser the accuser that's, that's it. what it was Run i was gonna the say accuser. i got there that's close but condemner is close um so the way these characters were introduced in guardians of the galaxy compared to the way they were introduced in suicide squad in suicide squad you have a woman sitting and talking to men about uh people and we just see random flashes that have nothing to do with the narrative Mm-hmm. Now, with Guardians of the Galaxy, we're introduced to Peter Quill as he's just doing what he does. Like, we just see him in his world when he's just going to get this orb that he heard was there so he could get some money. Uh-huh. That's how we're introduced to, like, who he is. We don't need someone explaining to us, oh, right. this Peter Quill guy, he's a, he's a guy who goes and uh, and gets junk from junkyards. Yeah, it's just like, boom, look, here's a guy getting junk from junkyards. And then we're introduced to Gamora as the assassin, uh, not when... 
Viola Davis tells us that she's an assassin, <laughs> but when she's trying to like, uh, a- she's attacking Peter and like trying to take the orb, and she's like seen as like the daughter of Thanos by like Thanos talking to her. Like it all fits into the narrative. Uh-huh. And then Rocket and Groot, they're shown as like the criminals they are when they're trying when to they're get trying the orb for the, the money. Thing. Yeah. And, um. And then they all end up in prison. It's a similar like story. Like they're in prison and then they go and save the world. But like it the way it was done in that movie so just much better. Is so much better. Yeah. And like if you're gonna copy a movie, don't copy the things that like they copy the things that like sure are good about Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're not the things that make it good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I understand. So I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that because that was heavy yeah. on my mind so I think when Viola Davis was just explaining to us who these people are. So all of Warner Brothers movies are planned out in a boardroom. And they're planned to make as much money as possible. Right. So what I think when they first started um, talking about making Suicide Squad, I bet I think there was a debate. Like we should make like a Guardians of the Galaxy type movie because that worked really well for Marvel. Right. But then I think there was like another group that said, no, we need to we need to stick with the dark and gritty. We need to make it dark and gritty and like maybe even push for an R rating. But then Mm. in the end, the guardians of the galaxy part one and then Deadpool happens, the highest grossing R rated movie of all time. And they're like, Hey, people want R rated comic book movies. Can we like make this darker? Even though they had already like almost finished shooting at that point. Right. So I think they tried to like end up trying to do both. They definitely tried to do both. both poorly. Right. So, yeah, you look at the first trailer, and it looks like it's just going to be this dark and, you know, as the internet is saying, twisted, twisted. Uh, type of movie. Um, that's what the first trailer looks like. And then when the other trailers came out, it was like, you know, Ballroom Blitz and like which a was, bunch which of... Which, by the way, was that... I don't remember Ballroom Blitz being in the actual movie, was it? I think it was at some point. There I don't was remember so, much, when, so much music there was, in this movie. It sounded like a 14-year-old had control of an iPod shuffle and was just like... Clicking next. You next, got that next. joke from Reddit. You got that joke I didn't, from Reddit. No. I read that exact joke on Reddit. I I never get on Reddit, Curtis. <laughs> I've never I logged on to Reddit once because Cody told me to for the Four Eyes Network. Uh, uh Four Eyes for Years. But I, I haven't gone on since. So oh, that okay. was months ago. I, I heard that I swear ex- I haven't <laughs> I read, read that. I read anywhere. that exact joke. Well anyway. <laughs> parallel thought, my friend. Um I don't, I don't remember where I was. Uh, uh I music, ballroom blitz. Yeah, so they were clearly on some level trying to be that fun movie that Guardians and Deadpool both succeed in being. And then in some level they were trying to be like a dark movie in like what in the way that they think the Dark Knight was dark, but like <laughs> they didn't succeed in either. No. It just ended up being a jumbled mess. And that's what I was afraid of when I you know, you hear the rumors about the reshoots and about how they're gonna make it go for like a more fun tone. At, at one time and a more dark tone at another and then it's just neither yeah it doesn't know what it wants to be yeah um so, so okay. our our catalyst we don't have a strong catalyst um it's yeah, based hold on. let's talk about batman in this movie okay so like batman v superman batman has some of the best scenes in this movie i thought yeah. just because it was just him being batman yeah like just... he, he barely did he barely said anything he just showed up Got some bad guys. Yeah. Caught uh, Deadshot and Harley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both those scenes were good. Um, 
I liked the little girl like standing up for Batman uh, in the Deadshot. Yeah, he's scene. trying trying to keep him from shooting Batman. Yeah, which like, wouldn't like have, let's be honest, wouldn't have done anything yeah, cause, because it's Batman. he's Batman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, and the the Flash, the Flash was in this movie for like a second. Yeah, but he was still <laughs> in it. And they which didn't is, even make out, which was like so disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. Which okay, so I'm gonna say something. The one thing I think DC has done better than Marvel so far in the open in the first few movies. Okay. So like in the first few Marvel movies, even though it was all in like the same cinematic universe, right? It didn't feel like it until like the Avengers happened, right? Because they mostly stayed in their own movies. Whereas this one, well, like like recently, like an Atman. An Ant Man Falcon showed up. It's right. like, oh right, he's a thing. Yeah. They, it, so Marvel's starting to get that more connected feeling, but DC has just done it right out of the gate. Even with just short cameos by Batman and Flash. Okay. It's like it like roots it in that world. I see your point. Counterpoint. And a a witch has shut down an entire city. I said the one thing. <laughs> No, oh, no, no. A witch has shut down an entire city and is trying to destroy the entire universe. And we're in a universe where Wonder Woman, Batman, and Flash exist. Superman right. is dead. I was going to get to that later. Yeah. And <laughs> where are they? Where? Because clearly they're there to like put away Deadshot, who wasn't really doing any harm. He was just a hired assassin. Like. But then, like, when someone is literally trying to end the world, Batman's what? He's just, like, killing some killing some thugs because yeah, he kills people in this get. movie universe? No, I, 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 I get you. And, like, that was an issue Marvel had initially. But, like, you, when you see their presence, you definitely feel their absence when they're absent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So that, it was, and, of course, the same thing happens in Marvel. Like, at, like at the end of uh, uh, Winter Soldier... It's like we're the Avengers right now. That's that's that's, that's a <laughs> and that's a fair criticism of that too. But yeah, like, it is, I mean that's just I all all, think... all all superhero movies that are in an extended universe like that suffer suffer from that. Mm-hmm. Comic books suffer from that as well. Right, and I do think Marvel is striving to correct that. Um, like with Civil War, we know where pretty much every superhero in the universe is up to, with the exception of uh, Thor and Hulk. Yeah. And then in Thor Ragnarok, we have Thor and Hulk, Thor and Hulk. both in that yeah. movie. So we're going to sort of see what they were doing during the Civil War mm-hmm. in Asgard. So I th- it seems like they're trying to correct that a little bit, Yeah, um, which I am all for. Absolutely. I think that's pretty cool. But, yeah, I think DC's got a ways to go. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not saying DC's done a good job. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, this is one thing that I think they sort of did better. One thing, yes, and it's a tiny thing. <laughs> yes, um, yes, I'll I'll give it that. But with that comes some issues too. Yeah, I think it's the first time Flash has been sh- shown in his suit. Yes, doing doing his power. Except thing. for that weird hallucination that. Oh Batman yeah, that. Had. So there's that too. Batman dreams about the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about? Wow. Is, this, wow, is, is that canon, Chad? Did did you just uh Warner Brothers hired me to uh <laughs> No, they hired me to give you the idea. Okay. So you're like and an now, executive producer on this yeah, uh, uh, like yeah. romantic. I expect endeavor. my cut. Uh, and I'm just a screenwriter <laughs> who will probably be underpaid. Um 
So okay, so what is the catalyst we? of this movie? The catalyst, let me think. Catalyst. Is it when the when Enchantress like makes stuff happen at the subway? I'd say Or is that the break into two? That's I would, probably the break into two. So I think the catalyst was when Enchantress started doing that stuff in, in the subway and like awakened her brother and stuff. Uh-huh. So that happened. And then they they activated the squad. Right. And I think that was kind of our break into two. Okay. Maybe I don't I don't think it has a strong catalyst because well, it seems like the debate is sort of like Viola Davis and or sorry, Amanda Waller, Rick Flagg and them like talking about like the risks and the benefits of creating a squad like this. Um, so the catalyst would have to be before that, but I don't know what it would be. I don't know if it has a strong catalyst. Would it be Dr. Moon finding Enchantress? Possibly. Yeah. Cause I that, would say so. Yeah. Cause, cause that, cause then that's when mm-hmm. Waller goes to the Pentagon. Right. I think. Right. So that scene, and that, that's like that a very scene where scene. the, the, the people at the Pentagon are like on board with the suicide uh-huh. squad might be the catalyst. And then when she's like, uh, when they're like showing dead shot all the guns and stuff like that, which was a solid scene. Mm. Um, y'all jokers must be crazy, he says. Jokers. Yeah. Ha. 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 Um, so what did you have as you had your B story as Joker looking for Harley, right? Uh, not necessarily. I had just like the Harley and Joker uh, relationship, which kind of, uh, I mean, there was on and off. Stuff Dude, the B story was flashbacks? was the Joker looking for Harley, which is what I said. So, Bing Bong, mm, that's okay. me. And um, the fun and games is I had it as like the squad is going out looking for the missing person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is basically what was going on for the first half until they realized what they were really doing was saving Amanda Waller, which was something we didn't see coming. No, didn't see that. Um, midpoint. Well, I oh oh, I called oh. Slipknot dying. Yeah, you did. That's some that's some I, points for me. Yeah, I agreed with you with that would happen. But it wasn't a part of your outline, was nah, it? No, it wasn't. Ooh. And see, the midpoint was the team going into the building, right? Yeah. Which for me, I had that as more of like a revelation that like Enchantress is the is. The issue. I didn't know that they would know June Moon was Enchantress right right away. I was a little confused, mm. so I had that as more of a revelation. So I'll I'll, I'll take uh, the I'll take the blow for that. Um, let's talk about that building because the stuff that happened in there was kind of a mess. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, so like the, okay, the Harley getting in the elevator. The whole yeah. What was the logic this of that is, scene? This again with the with the editing was so weird. Because it's just like they're all in the lobby, and then suddenly Harley's in the elevator going up, and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing there?" And then they start running, and then they somehow beat the elevator to the top of the stairs. Yep, it's weird. S- and and they're and they're like all prepared, like they're, they're outside the elevator with like weapons drawn and everything, like ready to fight. Like, like they think they know a what floor she's going to. Yeah, and B can get up the stairs faster than the elevator can move when she's already like five floors up when they walk in. It had no, did they find a faster elevator? I don't know what happened there, man, (laughs) but that was, that was a mess. And um, I mean, I mean the actual Harley in the elevator 
fighting the guys mm-hmm. was kind of a cool part, but everything surrounding it was just yeah. What? Yeah. Um. Our all anyway. is lost moment. If we we're not we're not quite there, I guess. Nah. And so then, okay. So they go into the building. Yeah. Uh. They find. Oh, actually, let's, the midpoint let, is let's, probably let's when they up. discover that it's Waller that they're saving. Actually, really, I would say. I think yeah. that I'd say that's like the around like the tail end of the midpoint, because the midpoint yeah. can be like a pretty lengthy section. Yeah, I, maybe, but like, because like I have the whole them in the building part kind of being mm-hmm. a midpoint. Yeah, which lasted I don't know ten or fifteen minutes, and then it, it, it and then it ends with um right ends with them like hey we were rescuing Waller okay and then yeah. they then they go to the roof and the bad guys the Joker close in yeah and they kill all these army guys which yep. I totally had mm-hmm. and I had Rick Flag dying in that which didn't um, happen which didn't happen nope. so. All right. Anyway, I, w- I want to back up actually because we totally skipped over like the first big action scene where they're um, where they're fighting the. Uh, do they have a name? The faceless monsters that Enchantress creates. Oh yeah, just her soldiers. Soldiers. Whatever, okay. Which is weird. Which was like the one part of the movie where I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Like that was like um, Deadshot jumps up on the car and he's like shooting the guys really quick. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was like the peak of the movie for me. Actually, that whole scene. Yeah, because we got some really good action from all the characters Everybody, except yeah. Diablo, because he's being a little little yeah. chicken in the back. Yeah. And then, all, as a part of the fun and games, Will Smith convinces him to take out some of the guys inside the building once they get in there. Mm. And that's sort of like a, that's sort of a sea story, I'd say, as like Diablo's like arc. Yeah. Sort of like he doesn't want to fight, and then he fights, and then he goes out in a blaze of glory. Blaze, blaze, uh-huh. blaze it. Um, yep, four twenty, blaze it. Um, yeah. Which we'll talk about Diablo later on. I have some issues with him. Oh, you have some issues with him. Yeah. All right. So our all is lost moment is Joker's dead for Harley, and the squad discovers. Um, uh, yeah, that they, what they they're after is Enchantress, who is like another one of like the Waller's failed experiments, essentially. Mm-hmm. That like Will she got them into the mess, and they're going after Enchantress. Deadshot finds that binder and just speed yeah. reads the thing somehow. Yeah, and then throws it at at Flag. And then, so I'd say that's sort of our all is lost moment. And then the darkest hour is in the bar, in the which bar, is what which we both, we had, both right? had, yeah. yeah. So, which was also probably one of the best scenes in the movie. I disagree. Well, I think it could have been a lot better. Best scene in this movie. Um, maybe, <laughs> but it not without its issues. Well, this whole movie so, is not without its issues. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of on the nose stuff of like, um, this is my character motivation. Oh, really? Well, this is my character motivation. Yeah. Uh, sp- specifically with Diablo here, uh, where he talks about his family. And then Harley comes in with like, you gotta own your stuff. Yeah, because she's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. Um, but my biggest issue with the scene: Rick Flag comes in, asks for his help, asks for everyone's help getting June Moon back. Breaks his thing on the bar and says like, "Y'all are free to go, but uh, but like, I need your help." And then Captain Boomerang. Stands up and walks out of the bar, which out. was a very funny beat. That was hilarious. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
But when he just like shows back up in the action without any explanation later, that's just a big plot issue that like yeah, needs just, to be addressed. He just came back like uh I don't know. What else comes back, Chad? Um Reddit. A boomerang. Reddit comes back, Curtis. Reddit comes back? <laughs> yeah. You got that joke off of Reddit, I know. <laughs> yeah, I did get that joke off Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well because I admit it. Yeah. Well, I don't look at Reddit. I don't believe so. you. I don't. <laughs> Type R into my uh, Google search bar or my browser navigation bar. You will not. Uh, Reddit will not show up. I don't know what will show up. Oh God, we're not. Chad, we're not going to do that. Come on, man. What are you doing? Oh, Randstad USA. That's a. Uh, what is that? It's a temp agency where I've applied to some jobs. Oh, neat. Haven't heard back cool. from a temp job. Oh. It's a sad, sad time for Chad Oliver. This is the false really, prophet. this is making me want to want to commit suicide. Speaking of suicide, Suicide Squad. Um, oh, that was really dark and not funny. Um, <laughs> Super. <laughs> um, so the they're in the bar and then they just decide to go and defeat Enchantress. That's our finale. Let's go it's save like, the world. The finale, Diablo dies and goes out in a f- flame, blaze of glory, whatever. But he says the dumbest thing ever before. He says, I already lost one family. I'm not losing another. Yeah. And that like, was like, stop. You guys aren't a family yet. You've known each other one night, first off. Second, that's very on the nose and like, okay, we get it. Your character motivation is from your family's tragic whatever. I think, I think it could have been better if the squad had been together longer. Right. Yeah, that wouldn't have like, played off as... Like, so I mean... She, they, the issue is they hated each other five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, well, that's they, one they, of the They issues. hated each other until, like, the bar, and then they suddenly started yeah. kind of getting along. Yep. Now everything's good. Um. Yeah, and then also... So they get Enchantress's heart, and they think, oh, we can, like, destroy this, and that'll be the key, whatever... But, like, when the heart comes out, like, Harley cuts the heart out, and I don't remember who said it. I think it was Rick Flagg just turns to Will Smith's character and is like, hey, the heart's out of her chest. We need to get that so that we can continue the plan and destroy And, like, come on. I don't remember that part. It was very on the note. It was literally <laughs> that bad. It was like, oh, look, it's the heart. It's out. We need that to stop her. Like, they... Thank said you, Captain that, Exposition. Right. And, like, the thing is, they put so much emphasis on that heart in so many scenes in the movie that, like, when you have... When a screenwriter puts that line of dialogue in their movie, they're saying, I think my audience is too stupid to put two and two together that I'm going to have to put this in a line of dialogue. Whereas if Rick Flagg and Captain Boomerang, like, just looked at each other... And then they ran to go get the heart. Yeah. Expresses. It's like, it, like, it, like an instant moment of understanding. Like, hey, we got to do this. Right. Yeah. That's a better movie. Yes. But that's not the movie we got. You should have wrote it. You should have wrote Suicide hey, Squad. Hey, Warner Brothers, um, consider this my application. I love superheroes a lot. I like comic books. I would love the chance to write a Batman movie, a Superman Returns movie. Because, you know, he's dead, wink, wink. We both know he's not. So consider this my official application. I would like to write the next DC movie. Uh, so all of our listeners, share this with Warner <laughs> Brothers executives. Share it so Chad can write the um, next uh, Superman movie. I believe 
I believe you want to do the right thing and release movies that will get better reviews and be better. Yes. You need to hire this inexperienced recent college grad because he definitely knows more about filmmaking than Zack Snyder does. Well, apparently, man. Yeah. No, that wasn't sarcasm. I'm dead serious. I really think you know more about filmmaking than Zack Snyder. See, your tone (laughs) is really hard to read. No, no, like Zack Snyder's a disaster. He should not be allowed to touch movies anymore. Zack is a mess. Mess. Zack is a waste. Zack is a big, fat mistake. Hey, Zack Snyder, if you want to hire me to be a production <laughs> assistant, I'd uh, accept that job, too. Oh, I hope, I, hope he does. I hope he doesn't listen to Plot Profits, because I just, I mean... Well, maybe he learned something. <laughs> maybe he will. If, if, <laughs> I don't know what he learned. He'd learn that he's terrible, but... Maybe. That's not... Then maybe he'll go but commit suicide. But that he's suicide. not the only one. And David Ayer, if, well, yeah, you're, if well, you're listening to this... Yes, Snyder didn't have I'm his I'm really disappointed in, in you. Okay. Didn't he, didn't he write something good? Fury. I heard that was good. I didn't see it though. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, I think it's a I think it's it's a decent movie buried underneath editing. Our bad, final bad our final image if we want to get to that. Oh so, yeah. Will Smith helps his daughter with some school, then they're all back in the prison, and then the Joker releases Harley. Which we both had Harley escaping, right? Yeah, or, we both yeah. had that. We both had that in the end. I didn't have it as like the last thing. No, I mean neither. I had, like, the Suicide Squad gearing up for their next mission. So, like, the idea that they're still in prison and still under the control of Waller, that is, like, sort of existing in my final image, which exists in this movie, but it also came with Joker's back and he saved Harley. Oh. So, we are close, I would say. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to read this. I mean, all right, um, so, okay, so... Now, in the past, when we both got things right and we tried to assign points and it evened out we both lost yeah okay so let's what do you think are your your big points uh slipknot okay. dying and like literally it was the exact moment i thought he would die i was like he'd try to escape and his head blows up and that's exactly what happened i think that's a big moment that i nailed um that's something i have over you now, we have a lot of stuff that's, like, the same. The things that we had correct yeah. that are, like, the same. The the big... Th- um, um, you didn't have Joker showing up when he did, right? Sure I did. You did? Yeah, I had him as, like, my B story and, like... But you did you have him Did you have him be the bad guy's close in? See, here's, here's what I had. I had him showing up around that time, but in a way, like, trying... And he's then, trying to get Harley escape, but then I had him teaming up with the squad oh. to destroy... Uh, to destroy everything after that. So I had him as a part of the bad guys close in in that that was the moment where he's like helping Harley escape for sure and that's what he did. But I didn't have him being the one killing all the bad guys or mm-hmm. killing all the soldiers, sorry. Um, and I didn't have him appearing to die. I had him helping defeat Enchantress. And then So it was right followed by some wrong. And then you also had Captain Flag dying, didn't I you? I did have Rick Flag dying. Which he yeah. didn't die. He didn't he even didn't like die. have a fake out death. Yeah. Yeah. So I like guess. I assumed him not being present in the bar was a clue that he was dead, but really it was just a clue he was standing outside of the bar until halfway through that scene. <laughs> so yeah, I misread that scene, unfortunately. What are your points of like something you got right over me? I think Flag not dying is a big one, of course. Yeah. The Joker actually 
killing all those guys and being mm-hmm. like a huge like um like secondary bad guy almost yeah in a sense even though he only appeared for that brief moment yeah, he was only in a couple a handful of scenes though like he was a secondary well, bad like, guy in that well, moment yeah that that's what i meant yeah. like just that part i didn't okay. i didn't have him being a huge part of the movie yeah 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 like ju- i just had him appearing like in just random little side scenes and flashbacks right which is what happened now let me ask you this what did you have as like like oh, Viola Day or Amanda Waller releases the squad to go on their mission. What are they doing in that mission? They're going to extract someone from the place, the city. Okay, because that's what that's what she said in the trailers or in one of the clips. They God, said, yeah, they said okay. you're going to get the VIP. Yeah, they just didn't say and who that was. They didn't know. We didn't know that it was Waller. Yeah. Okay, so we both had that as that. I, for some reason, I was thinking you had it as like they're going to stop Enchantress. But I was wrong about no, that. Okay. No, that wasn't their okay. initial objective, but then gotcha. they switched to that. Gotcha. Okay, at around the midpoint. Yep, so oh. we both got that right. I don't know, man. I feel like Slipknot's death is worth something. Yeah, it is, but Flag's not death, I think, yeah. cancels it out. If only we had a guest. Yeah, if only we had a to guest to arbitrate. Okay. Do you want to just punish each other like we did last time we kind of Yeah, it's too tough to call. Yeah. I say it's right. a draw. Okay. So can we both just be the prophets? Just the prophets and not do punishments? Or like going into next week, like we have great prophet and false prophet. Are we both oh. false prophets or are we both great huh. prophets? What's, what do we, what, how do we handle this situation? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. How about we're just the false prophets? Welcome to false prophets. <laughs> Welcome to... False plot prophets, yeah. where we're always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or where we're half wrong. Right. Half wrong enough to, like, punish each other. <laughs> punish each other. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, anyway, so... All right. So my punishment for you, I think we'll just go through that with the punishments. All right. Well, okay. Um, you will play a 30-second to a minute song on the ukulele about Matthew McConaughey. I don't have a ukulele. Uh, well, I'm not, not going to go buy a ukulele for this. Do you have a stringed <laughs> instrument in here? I actually don't. I'll bring my mandolin. Okay. Okay. No, no, Actually, no, because no, we won't be recording in the same location. I have an idea. What's so up? So I'm going to... So this fancy audio software I have here. Right. Surely somewhere there is a ukulele plugin that can they can emulate a ukulele. Well, there you go. I think I can make that work. Okay. And I'm going to write write a bad song about Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Is anything specific or just just about Matthew McConaughey? If you mention like how like awesome the, he is, how bad he is, how, how awesome he is. Okay, and if you can mention a Lincoln car, that'd be great. Lincoln car. That's a reference I don't get. Uh, he it was he's in a lot of Lincoln commercials. Okay. Yeah. So what's my punishment? Okay, it's kind of related to the next movie we're doing. So let's oh, announce that. Yeah, yeah. Mine was related too, and we didn't announce it. We're doing. Oh the my god. Cubo and the two strings. Kubo, Kubo, Cubone. I have that Pokemon on Pokemon Go. I don't. Haven't seen one, mm. unfortunately. Anyway, Kubo and the Two Strings. This movie with interesting animation with yeah. Matthew McConaughey and yeah. uh, George Takai and some other actors, probably. Looks interesting. Anyway, so I see. I see that there is there's a uh, there's a monkey in that movie. Okay. Who's kind of a main character? So I need you to write a haiku in memory of Harambe. I mean, I already have like twenty written, and like. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'll just pick one. Yeah. 
Okay. Rest in peace, Harambe. You make three three haikus. Three haikus three about haikus Harambe. About Harambe. I can do that. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. I mean, I don't know why you think that's a punishment. Harambe is very <laughs> it's, important. It's, to it's me. more. It's it's necessary. It, see, I see the punishments as more of a way to amuse myself. Gotcha. Than to punish okay. you. Okay. Like you writing a fanfic about Batman and Flash, I thought it would be hilarious. Well, there you go. So I had you do that. I'm glad I could amuse you. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Chad A. Oliver. If you want to follow this show, this is at Plot Profits Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, and you can follow our parent network at Four Eyes Network. And I, we also have a Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook. And I am on Twitter at Curtis underscore Hammonds. And that that's it. Yeah. That's all I'm all I'm at. Yes. So So uh any any final thoughts on Suicide Squad? Um not as bad as people are saying. No. It's it's got its issues. It's I mean we've th- done a good job talking about all those, but genuinely it's uh, maybe Man of Steel is a little better, but it's probably the best thing DC's made. I liked it more than Batman v Superman. Yeah. Surely. Just cuz the characters like of Harley Quinn and Deadshot are at least interesting. Yeah. Um, and Captain Boomerang's amusing because he's an Aussie, and those are Aussies. Amusing. Aussies who drink in the middle of a firefight. That's always who, right. have, who have pink unicorn fetishes. Yeah, that's actually not a very typical Aussie, I don't think. No, but um, it's, it's still very. Uh, so he was a little <laughs> underdeveloped for me, and um, oh, something I forgot to mention. My my final thought: Katana could have not been in this movie, and I could have not cared. Oh my God, Katana. Jeez. What a waste of screen space. It's just like, just, just had her jump onto a helicopter. And then I feel like the screenwriters went, oh, wait, we've done literally no development on this character. Mm-hmm. And so they did this quick, dumb flashback. Right. It was so... It kind, it, it's kind she, of fitting, though, because that kind of characterization is done all the time in anime. Gotcha. Well, the, the character will just show up, and then they'll do some dumb flashback about them, and then that, now you're supposed to care. And yeah. they and Katana is Japanese. <laughs> So I think maybe well, may, right. I maybe they there, were maybe they were going for some kind of meta humor with that, maybe like, like some Deadpool meta humor. But I I really doubt that's what they were going yeah, for. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. <laughs> I yeah I guess <laughs> and like her origin of like having like a like a mystical sword that like has the soul of her uh, <laughs> that's, brother that's or a, husband. That, that or is something. such a, such an anime. That's thing. a very anime thing. So. Her sword traps the souls of her enemies. So, like, yeah, if you think about that, like, she's kind of a racist stereotype, as is Killer Croc, as is Diablo. It's just a mess, man. It's a mess. It is kind this of a movie. mess. But Deadshot is very, Harley very diverse, though. Very div- diverse rainbow of stereotypes. Right. Except, you know what? They didn't have Chad. They didn't have a straight white male, and I am offended. All right, I'm offended. You meninist. I feel so left out right. of mainstream media right hey, now. Hey, watch any other movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> also, there's Captain Flag or Colonel Flag, whatever. There's, there's he's, also him. Yeah. He's a heterosexual. But he's not uh, part man. of the squad, though, so it doesn't count. We should end this. We should end this before you dig your hole even deeper. You're being horrible <laughs> today. Um, but it's a joke, though. It it's is not, a joke. It's Curtis clearly a joke. Hashtag, um, hashtag feminism. Anyway, so um, this has been He Plot was going to vote for... Well, actually, people think Bernie supporters are sexist too. So, well, I'm voting. Know. I'm right now. I'm leaning towards Jill Stein, who's a woman. Well, there you so go. You're with her. I'm with her. That's right. There we go. Yeah, thanks for listening to um, Plot Profits. Yeah, this has been um, the, the plot 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 profits. Tune in 
next time. Next time for Popovitz. Popovitz. Plot Profits is a Four Eyes Podcast <laughs> Network production. <laughs> Four Eyes. <laughs> for, your Look ears. How for your ears. Your ears. It's for your ears. <laughs> These walls are really thin, by the way. I'm so twisted. And damaged. And damaged.